Welcome to This is Lassonde, a podcast brought to you by the Lassonde School of Engineering. Each episode, we bring you a fresh conversation from the Lassonde community. Each episode, you'll hear stories from engineers and scientists, aka our students, profs, alumni, and industry partners, stories about designing solutions to complex problems to push our world forward. Tune in as these stories will engage, inspire, and delight you to create human impact through science and engineering. I'm Tiffany Alviar, a computer engineering student at Lassonde. We're happy to have Nicholas Detremont as our guest today. Nick is a meteorologist and shares how a fear of thunder led him to pursue the atmospheric science program at Lassonde. We'll also learn about a memorable weather moment from Nick's new career and hope it makes you also recall your favorite weather moment. Um, awesome. So do you want to tell the audience what exactly that is? Because uh, when I hear weather forecaster, I think of the people on like CP24 who tell us the weather every morning. Like, is that the same thing or? Yeah, I mean, you're pretty close. Uh, the people that most people think of are the people on TV. So like on the Weather Network, CP24, like you said, CTV, CBC. Um, actually, a lot of those people, um, while some of them are more presenters than anything, and then some of them actually have degrees like I do. Um, but most of the people that graduate from the atmospheric science program, so my friends and I, um, we work you know, behind a desk, behind, away from a camera. Um, but what we'll do is we'll look at uh, weather model data and all that fun stuff and uh, kind of put together, you know, the general forecast that, you know, you might see on uh, on your phone for, you know, those weather apps and that kind of stuff. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's a little bit less uh, glitz and glam per se, but, uh, you know, we have fun. <laughs> awesome, that's good to hear. Um, so tell us why atmospheric science and what exactly led to the degree that you took and you know the program that you studied at Lausanne. Yeah, so um, I'm one of the, I, I call myself pretty lucky in terms of how I got to that decision. Um, I knew pretty early on that's what I wanted to do. Um, and it kind of started because of fear mostly of the weather. I used to be scared of not lightning, but thunder. I don't know why. I guess, uh, you know, it just terrified me for whatever reason. Maybe it's loud noises. Maybe it's who knows. But anyway, I was scared of thunder. And uh, one day I was, you know, just in the bookstore um, looking around and uh, I had a couple gift cards and I ended up buying a book on the weather um, just to kind of, uh, you know, get a sense of what it was that was causing my fear, why thunder happened, why lightning happened, why things happened in the middle of the night versus, you know, maybe early in the morning. Um, and from then on, I just, you know, bought another book and I bought another book. And eventually people started calling me the weatherman because I always told them what the clouds were in the sky. Um, but by, you know, grade seven or eight, um, I knew mostly what I was going to do and what I was looking forward to doing in, uh, in university and as a career. Yeah, that's really interesting that I guess something from your childhood sort of inspired you to be on your way on this path. Um, did you ever see that that's how it would play out or were there ever any other career paths along the line that you thought of, or was this like the one that you thought was meant to be? Yeah, I think from the, from the start, like it was, like I said, it was like grade three or four that I think I figured this out. Um, so pretty early on, but I think before that, um, after, you know, the, the basic kindergarten, I want to be a pilot. I want to be a firefighter. I don't know. Um, 
after that, I, I think the first kind of interest I had was journalism. So I think uh, from that, it kind of went, uh, you know, journalism. Oh, there's also weather people on TV. All there's weather people in general. Um, so I think that's kind of, uh, you know, that path that I took. Nice. Um, what would you say is the hardest part about your job currently? <laughs> um, getting it right, I think, is, <laughs> is, the, uh, is the tricky thing. There's a lot in terms of, uh, you know, what's going on, uh, you know, physically or dynamically, as they call it, um, that goes into, you know, how we get the weather that we get. Um, one of the harder things is severe weather so like thunderstorms and stuff it's really hard to pull that off of a computer model uh, just because the resolution of that model or you know how high definition it can get compared to like one plot of land um it's not good at thunderstorms for the most part um so you know severe weather is one thing but uh you know maybe a, a big rain system is is a little bit easier to catch um but yeah, I think getting it right, um, we're pretty good at getting it mostly right. But sometimes, you know, you might say, oh, it probably won't rain today. And then all of a sudden something something changes and all of a sudden it's pouring somewhere. Uh, and that's, I think, uh, where a lot of us will talk about the butterfly effect, where, you know, a butterfly will flap its wings and all of a sudden, you know, instead of a hurricane happening down south, it's a tornado or something. <laughs> um. Did a lot of what you learned from school help you with your current job? Like, are you applying a lot of things that you learned, like, in school for, to, to your day-to-day? -day? Yeah, um, I'd say half and half, to be honest with you. Like, a lot of the stuff that we learned in the atmospheric science program itself um, was very theory-based. So it was really good if you wanted to get set up into a research position um, or grad school, that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of stuff that I use on a day-to-day -day basis, I did learn a lot uh, from from York, um, especially. But uh, yeah, it's more on the application side of, you know, the reasons behind why maybe a rainstorm will happen or why a thunderstorm happens where it does. Um, and then, you know, the, the more technical stuff you learn on the job. But no, I think, uh, you know, courses like storms and weather systems, which is a fourth year course for, for York students and uh, synoptic meteorology one and two, uh, those come in, in handy for sure when I'm at work every day, pretty much. That's so good to hear. Um, what's one thing you wish you knew before you started your job? Oh boy. <laughs> I wish I knew how to stay up all night. That was uh, <laughs> probably the big shocker uh, for, for most of our jobs, uh, their shift work. So weather doesn't stop and neither do we. So uh, I'll do two day shifts a week and two night shifts a week. Usually I think that's the normal rotation for most people. Uh, you get a bunch of extra days off because you do that. But um, yeah, being able to stay up all night is always a good thing. But uh, I guess on a on a non-jokey way, um, man, I th I think for me, I wish that I just knew a little bit more about the weather and stuff. Um, you know, we're we're in school for four years, but there's only so much you can cover and so many things that you have to go through. Um, you know, I wasn't as big on the math side of it, which is a pretty heavy portion at York, um, which is good because you get to know all that stuff. And if you're going into grad school, it's awesome. It helps you out a lot. Um, but for me, I wish that I knew a little bit more about, you know, 
where thunderstorms are common to happen and some examples of some crazy stuff that's happened. Um, it's, it's just a little uh, kind of tidbit that's helpful in terms of, you know, getting used to things that you'll see on a day-to-day -day basis and uh, it'll improve your forecasting skills as well. I guess like if we take a step back, how would you describe um, the atmospheric science program, Alison, or what would you tell people atmospheric science encompasses, I guess? Yeah, so I mean, obviously there's the weather bit, but there's, there's more to it. Like uh, basically, <laughs> it's funny because I compare the ocean and the air a lot because they kind of work in similar ways. Like air is a fluid, water is a fluid, it's kind of similar, um, but you kind of learn, you know, the ways in which the air, this is, this is going to sound terrible. <laughs> the ways in which the air moves and how it interacts with, you know, how warmer air interacts with colder air and that kind of stuff. So um, you'll learn kind of the physical effects. So in terms of, you know, air rising and turning into clouds or, um, you know, one air parcel taking over another and one goes up, one goes down kind of thing. Um, but you also get kind of the math and physics side of it. So you get the the math as I talked about is like, why does this happen? How do we model this? How do we see this kind of stuff and where can we apply it? Um, and that can be applied to some of the research that York does in grad school as well. They, they talk a lot about aerosols and that kind of stuff, um, air quality, um, and they also talk about, you know, modeling and that kind of, uh, that kind of field. Um, so yeah, you kind of get a taste of everything. You get the weather, you get the, the physics and, you know, forces, uh, then you get the math experience as well. Um, so it's, it's all encompassing, but uh, a joke that we have is that it's, uh, the atmospheric science program is kind of like a extra, uh, math and physics degree because <laughs> there's so much of it. So if you like math and physics, and geography, uh, you know where to go. Um, do you, I guess like, do you have any other crazy stories from work? Like, oh, um, let me think, because I only started in at the end of August, so I'm I'm still pretty fresh. Um, I think for me, it's most of the stuff that I find crazy. A lot of other meteorologists won't because. They've seen it like 20 million times before. So uh, I'll give you kind of a, a little tidbit. Uh, in Newfoundland on the West Coast, there's this place, uh, they call it the Rec House region. Um, but basically what happens there is if you have the wind blowing from a certain direction um, over the mountains that are there, and they're pretty low-lying mountains, uh, but if the winds are blowing from the Southeast, um, they'll actually fly over the mountains and then shoot down the sides of it right onto the main road coming from where uh, the ferry between Nova Scotia and Newfoundland uh, docks. Um, and they call them wreck house winds, but uh, the wind basically super speeds all of a sudden and gets up to like 200 kilometers an hour sometimes. It's nuts. So I remember the first time it happened, I was doing my forecast and I, <laughs> I see that happening. And I remember talking to my, my coworkers at the time, <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure <laughs> this is right because <laughs> sometimes you just get those numbers that are just out of this world and you kind of have to take a second did I do this right does it seem right to anybody else um but yeah you get those 150 160 kilometer per hour wind gusts and you're 
thinking, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> but yeah, I think those are one of the crazier things that I've seen uh, personally. That's cool that, I don't know, sorry, I, I, I have no idea like what the world of weather and like weather forecasting is like. So just hearing your stories um, is cool and it's like news to me and it's crazy that like you know like what's going to happen like before it happens i don't want to call you like a fortune teller but because like, <laughs> there is science and math behind it but <laughs> um yeah like it, it's cool that um you're you're literally just looking at all of these factors and then pumping out like a like a forecast and yeah the things that we see on our phones basically um and we're trying to decide whether or not to wear a coat or be fine in a light jacket every yeah. day today. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny, like everybody's kind of got their own experience. And for people that end up, you know, that are going to York and stuff in first year, especially, it's kind of interesting. Talk to someone who's an atmospheric science, say, hey, why are you there? Because oftentimes you'll get these really interesting stories of, yeah, well, when I was four, a tornado came through my city and just rip my house apart or something like it's is some people's stories are crazy uh, or they're they say hey i was in the middle of a hailstorm and you know there were golf uh, golf ball sized chunks of ice falling on my head um it's pretty crazy and i don't know it seems like a lot of it's a thing that a lot of people take for granted because honestly like i would too if i didn't know like oh, the weather just happens it's cloudy one day sunny the next who knows why it just happens <laughs> um but yeah, it is it is an interesting science to kind of follow, even as uh, as a hobbyist for people that uh, don't do it as a job, because it's just like you're learning every day, even if you're doing this professionally. That's cool, and I it it's uh, cool in the sense that I guess like in my major in computer engineering, <laughs> you don't hear people <laughs> going like, I man, I once broke a computer and, and that made me want to learn more about computers. <laughs> it's the opposite. I, um, but I, I guess it's sort of um, like, like it's different because weather is something that you can't really control, I guess, like in the sense that computer engineering or technology is um, super tangible. And yeah, you can choose to like interact and explore a computer, but it's more so like, at your own will, whereas like you don't choose to suddenly be caught in a tornado one day <laughs> or hit by a hailstorm <laughs> and have that life-changing experience. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing. I think that that's um, kind of cool to hear uh, from, you know, atmospheric science students as a whole. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I do recognize that um, you are or were, I guess, a member of the Atmospheric Science Club, Alison. Um, how did that start? And like, was the club just something that you joined or started out of passion? Yeah, um, so, so the club had actually been around since, oh, geez, like 1987, I want to say. Oh, wow. Um, so it, it had been around for a while, even like well before Alison existed. The program was with Bethune uh, for the first however many years that it was around. I, I, it might have started in 87. It might have been earlier. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, so I joined it as a first year student just uh, because when I had actually toured York, I had toured uh, with somebody who was in that club. Um, they were kind of giving me the, the 
lowdown of where I would have classes and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, they told me to join, so I did. Um, and basically, I just stuck with it all through the four years. You basically, it's it's an excuse to hang out with your friends. That's <laughs> what I like to call it. But uh, everybody's got like interests. And sometimes you'll actually get people from other programs. So um, I know a couple of GMATIC students, um, and then people from like the biology department and from, you know, maybe even over at Winters College where they have all the arts people. Like if, if they have a remote interest in weather, we're not just out there talking physics and math all the time, because trust me, we don't want to do that either. We want to have fun, but, uh, no, we, we like to discuss the weather and, and learn together, but also have a lot of fun. So uh, it was something that I stuck through for four years and, uh, I ended up but being on the exec for a couple of years as well, which was a super fun uh, leadership experience to have on my resume, um, but also because I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great club to be a part of through my time there at York. That's awesome. Um, yeah, were there any other clubs or like extracurriculars that you were part of while at Lausanne? <laughs> yeah, um, I probably could have done more, but my in high school I did too much, and my teachers started telling me, "Okay, Nick, you you you, you can't, <laughs> not in university." So uh, I did uh, work with Lasan Media Group for a couple of years. Uh, that was basically like you know we took pictures for different clubs that didn't have their own photographers, or we did uh, week zero coverage as well, um, which is always super fun. Um, but basically, we were just a bunch of uh, camera nerds like shoot videos and photos um and talk graphic design and that kind of stuff um and then on top of that i also was part of the curling team the last couple of years uh the york curling team hadn't existed in like 30 years until i was in my third year so that would have been 29 no 2018 2019 uh, a group of students over at glendon starting it back up and uh, i was able to join and be one of the founding members of the team so uh I had curled before for like 10 years, I think, uh, while I was still at home in elementary and high school. And it was something I really enjoyed. So it was nice to get back into it at York. But yeah, I think that was pretty much most of my list outside of uh, doing the Lasan community that one that one year uh, over the summer was also fun. Mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, and, and how did you balance, I guess, like both school and like club activities and all that? Was it difficult or easy? Yeah, I, I consider myself to be someone who likes to be busy a lot. Uh, and by a lot, I mean all the time. If I'm if I'm ever bored, then I'm kind of sitting down, like shaking, like I want to do something. Um, so on that side, it was great for me. But was I busy? Yes, <laughs> all the time. Um, you know, schoolwork, you obviously have to dedicate a lot of your time to. And I also had a part-time job on top of that. Um, so basically my philosophy was I, I had to do what kept me happy, but also what kept my marks up. And I wasn't a proponent for, I need an A plus in every class. If I get anything less than a hundred percent, you know, it, 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 it wasn't going great. Uh, I wasn't a proponent for that. I was always, you know, I'm going to do what's right for me to make me happy. And, uh, and that's enough or, or that's good enough for me. Um, provided that, you know, I'm happy and passing and getting my degree. That's always important. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for me, I was always, you know, on a pretty, I'm not going to say strict schedule, but 
all my days, I kind of had the same routine. Uh, so on a Monday, if I had class, then I would go do my class and then, you know, get home and just chill for an hour then do my homework till it's done. And then the rest of the night I would have free. Um, but I, I feel like building routines and, you know, giving yourself the personal time uh, and kind of allowing yourself to kind of have a clear mind all the time will really help, uh, you know, manage that busy schedule. Uh, as long as you, you know how fast you can work or how slow you can work um, and how much time you need to put into things. Uh, it, it really is handy to kind of get a, a, a grasp on how you work and then kind of fit your activities and make sure that you have personal time around it. Because the more, uh, you know, personal time you might have to unwind, I feel like the better uh, everything else will end up for you. So I know we are coming up on time soon. So uh, I do have a few closing questions to ask. One of them being, does life get better after grad? <laughs> <laughs> you know, university is a tough time. You know, what's life like been outside of school? And now that you've graduated, how, how's that been? It's chill. And I love to say that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, university is, is uh, it's a slog to get through, to say the least. Like a lot of people you'll find are pretty tired or stressed out um, at various points of the semester. So it, it's nice, you know, you, you deal with the four years or so, or four years for me of, of pain for a lot of gain uh, in terms of employment. But uh, no, it's been nice uh, being out of school. It's, it's weird the first little while, like when you come up on September and you're just kind of there <laughs> there's no school in front of you to do um but no it, it is nice like my nights are free i don't have to do homework unless i'm working a night shift i guess but um it is nice to have those those days off and not have to worry about working or doing other things and it gives me more time to pick up things that i want to do um as opposed to you know working because you know i want to earn money <laughs> um uh, so yeah, it's not like I'll work a full-time job and work a part-time job anymore. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it is quite nice to be, to be done and out and, uh, you know, just doing what I wanted to do for all this time and, uh, you know, enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah, that, that sounds great. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> I'm sure all <laughs> students are, you know, waiting for, um, sort of that reward of, you know, you put in all that effort. Now you get to do what you love and, um, not have homework after, which yeah. uh, I think is always a plus. Um, and yeah, uh, I guess to end us off, um, if you could impart one piece of advice to the audience, what would that be? What's Nick's hot tip of the day? I think uh, it's something I touched on earlier too, with like how I how I handled my scheduling. Uh, it is really, you know, make sure that you know what you're capable of, um, you know, um, for me, it's two things. One, personal time. Always, always give yourself personal time because it's it's good to unwind and you have to kind of get into the headspace of, you know, figure out where you are. Are you, you know, do you need the extra time to kind of sit and have a breather or, you know, are you energized and ready to go for the next assignment or uh, that kind of stuff. But it's also good just to, to chill out. Uh, and then the next thing, um, which I find is the more important well, for me, it was the more important one going through school and everybody's going to be different. Um, just kind of know, set the standard that's good enough for you. Like a lot, there's, there are people that are going to be going into there and like, I want to graduate with top marks and that kind of stuff. It's not a competition in, in university. It's, 
you know, do what makes you happy. And then once, you know, as long as those marks come back and they're good enough for you, it shouldn't matter what other people have to say. If you're, if you're doing well at school by your standards, um, you know, that's all that matters really like do well enough. You don't need to do a hundred percent all the time. Uh, no matter how other people might be doing around you, it, it, it's really just a, a personal thing, I guess, for everybody. But yeah, don't, uh, don't stress out over, you know, maybe a, a 60 or 62 on a test or even lower. Like I remember one test, I had a, a hard time with it and I was super excited to get the 45 that I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> We so yeah, that. you'll have yeah. moments like that. Um, and, you know, a bad mark isn't the end of the world. You've got plenty of opportunities to, uh, to improve it. And you know what, if, if things don't go your way and you have to take a course again, so be it. It's university's hard. It's just the way it's going to be sometimes, but yeah, uh, I guess don't stress out over marks is, my, is the big thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, those are those are great pieces of advice. Uh, thank you again, Nick, for joining us on our podcast and talking about work, school, and the weather. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay, everyone. That was Nicholas Detremont sharing how the Atmospheric Science Program prepared him for many opportunities from research, industry, further study, and how he chose forecasting to apply his degree and conquer that fear of thunder, which started his whole passion journey in weather and science in the first place. You can stay tuned into our podcast and all the Sun School of Engineering activities by following us on social media. We are at Lasan School on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Visit lasan.yorku.ca slash podcast for your episode guide to This is Lasan School.